that this week's episode is brought to you by Marco's Pizza. Monday and Tuesday nights are Carol U nights at Marco's Pizza in Waukesha. Mention you're a Carol student and receive 25% off your entire online or delivery order. Marco's Pizza, every store, every day, the Italian way. Welcome back, everybody, to the CU in Van Mail podcast. Once again, my name is Sam Gobert, our sports information director. Today, I am joined by senior basketball guard Justin Gruber. Justin, thanks for joining us today. Yeah, thanks for having me on, Sam. I've been I've been itching to be on this podcast, so I really appreciate you reaching out. Yeah, absolutely. Glad to have you. So well, for those who don't know you, why don't you introduce yourself a little bit more? Uh, yeah, so like you said, my name's Justin. I'm... Uh, I'm a senior in school, senior standing. Um, I'm going to be a junior eligibility-wise. And then I play guard, like you said, on the basketball team. Um, and then I guess something, just a fun fact, favorite TV show. Um, actually, it's no longer running. It's the Jordan documentary. I don't know if you want to call that a show or a series, but I really got into that over quarantine. So, Did you watch it live during when it came out on ESPN each night, or did you watch it after it came out on Netflix? So I recorded it on ESPN because I hate sitting through commercials. So yeah. then, like, after the first one was done, I would start watching the first one. And gotcha. then I'd finish this because it was a two-hour thing every night. So Right, yeah. Well, now now it's on Netflix, so now you really don't have to put up with commercials either. So Yeah, exactly. Cool. Yeah, I, I watched it, too. It was a great one. So I really – and for someone who didn't play – a lot of basketball growing up, like I still was able to, or even watched a lot of basketball until fairly recently, I really was able to appreciate it. They did a great job. Yeah, I uh, I like how they had so many other people talking about, like, for example, like Roy Williams in one of the first couple episodes, just listening to him talk about Michael when he was in college. I thought that was a really cool touch that they added. Right, totally. Okay, cool. So getting into basketball now, tell us a little bit about your background story. How did you get into playing basketball? So I started playing basketball from a very young age, probably like four or five years old. I still uh, I still remember playing like at YMCA basketball leagues where you had to have like each player on each team at a certain colored wristband. So you know who to guard. That was like my first memory of basketball. But uh, so, yeah, that's kind of how I got into it. And I Loved it ever since. Um, I played other sports growing up too, but basketball just always had my heart. It always stuck out. It always was something to just always fall back on. Yeah. I mean, I, I played baseball growing up until like eighth grade, and that just wasn't my thing too much. I enjoyed it to be around my friends, but then I played football pretty much all through high school too. And I don't know, just basketball or something about it. I can't really put my finger on it and say something specific that made it that much more enjoyable for me but it just always was the one I enjoyed the most cool so how did that transition to um playing through high school and then eventually ending up here at Carroll so it wasn't until the summer before my senior year that I actually started hearing any interest from colleges and had any like plans to even play college basketball it really wasn't on my radar pretty much until my senior year um wasn't recruited by very many schools, but I uh, was introduced to Coach Combs through uh, basically my AAU program. We had a, 
actually Ryan Clare used to play on the team. His dad introduced me to Coach Combs. And then after that, it was kind of it was kind of set that they were the, f- the front runners mm-hmm. uh, for the school that I wanted to attend. So kind of like a, a first come, first serve thing for you, like they were the first ones to reach out. Um, they weren't necessarily the first, but uh, they were the first school that I ever had an intention of going to. Um, some of the other schools were really far away, and I wasn't really looking to to go too far away from home. So, gotcha, cool. So, what's your what's your favorite thing about this basketball team that you're with, either this year or the the one from a year ago? Yeah. Um, well, this year I think we've got a lot of like really high energy guys. I think, I mean, we've had high, high energy guys every year, but I think this year we've had a, an influx of youth on our team. We have a lot of freshmen and sophomores that are, that are really hungry and they're ready to play, they're ready to play. So it's going to be interesting to see like with only playing eight games, um, how that carries over. Um, Cause normally we would almost be coming up on um, game time soon. So it's made it a lot easier in terms of, getting our offense and defensive schemes kind of built from the ground up this year. I know that's something that I'm sure other teams have had struggles with in the past where you kind of start the season and you got to play games so quickly that the newer players aren't quite up to speed yet. Whereas with, with basketball this year, we've got the whole first semester where we're not going to be playing games. So it really gives the coaches time to, to build things from the ground up for those new guys. What's it been like for you um, you know, you you mentioned you're a junior, but a senior class-wise, so you've been around the program for almost four years, four years now. Um, what What's it like now that you've stepped into almost a, like a big leadership role with these young guys on the team? Yeah, um, <laughs> it's kind of funny you ask that because there's sometimes where I kind of feel like the grandpa of the group where, you know, I'm just the old guy, it seems like. Um, there's a lot of guys that have like different music tastes and stuff like that, that I've never heard of. And I, I give some of our teammates, some of my teammates, especially Rocco, I like to get on him a little bit because he uses a lot of lingo that I don't know. But um, there is a lot of times where guys will come up and ask me questions about defense or offense, stuff like that. The, the question I've been getting a lot right now with uh, class schedules coming up is uh, what gen eds to take. That's a popular question I'm asked. So it's kind it's of, just nice. a, yeah, I was say, it's kind of nice to have you as, uh, you know, someone who has not only just been around the basketball program for a while, but Carol too. So I, I completely get where that's coming from. Yeah. There's been, yeah, there's a lot of times, even when I was younger, it was the same thing. Like I would always rely on former players like Nick Penny and Chuck soul guys like that, just to ask them like which teachers they'd recommend and which classes they'd like to take. So that's always, that's been a big thing with our program, guys that are in the same um, academic area of study, they kind of try to lean on each other and help each other through those scheduling things. Cool. Yeah. I mean, the, I've seen it over the years and um, head coach Paul Combs really makes it a point of emphasis to build a great connection and group and almost family like atmosphere with you all. And that's just kind of evident like that. Would you agree? Yeah, I totally agree. Every single team I've been a part of at Carroll has been really tight knit. Um, it's been a little bit different this year, not being able to see each other outside of practices and lifting as much. But uh, as the season's gone on, I think we've grown pretty close so far. And that'll only continue to 
we'll only continue to get closer as the season goes on and games start and whatnot. So absolutely true. Uh, so let's shift gears a little bit. Let's talk a little bit. I've been asking everybody about their experience during quarantine. Obviously, this has been a tough. Um, the pandemic's been tough on everybody this year, and people had to ch- shift the way they do things in a normal summer. What was some of the things that you did um, during quarantine? And I guess like what changed a lot for you? Yeah, so I guess the first thing that changed was not having immediate access to van mail all the time. <laughs> I'm from an to high school. It was always open basically in every year past. Yep. Um, so I kind of had to get creative and find new gyms, find some private gyms to, to still work out and get shots up in. Um, so tip for basketball players, always be nice to those janitors because you never know. But uh, so that was the first big change. The second big change was I was supposed to have an internship um, with a company called Aerotech. And that didn't end up working out because of uh COVID, they had to like cut staff. So then I ended up picking up a job at the local Menards. So I spent a lot of my time there. And then also I uh, spent some time going like disc golfing, kind of doing fun stuff on my own. And then I also got into movies more. I've been told I don't see many movies that are like staple movies that you have to see. So I've seen some more of those. Um, The Hunger Games would be one of them. So that's kind of something I did too. Did you watch all of the Hunger Games series then? Yeah, so I subscribed to YouTube TV, and they had, there's, I think there's four movies, right? I yeah. Think, yeah, all four of them were on, like, in a row, so I recorded them all and, and watched them all, and that was actually, like, it's moving up my list. That's a really good movie series. It's no Harry Potter, but it's close. It was a really good book series, too. I read, I read all the books, too, before I saw the movies, and they they definitely did a really good job comparing the books to the movies, but books are still always usually better. Yeah, it comes to I, that. yeah, I'd agree. Yeah. So I guess now that you're in your, I guess your senior year of undergrad, um, you still got a little bit more time left with the basketball program, but obviously this has been a weird academic year for everybody too. What are some positive, and obviously I would not want to be somebody who's getting ready to graduate or wanting to enjoy their final year of undergrad right now during this time. What are some positive things that you you've been able to take out of this experience this year at Carroll? Um that's a good question. I think the main positive that I've taken from whether it's school basketball everything from this past year life will go on and it may not look the same as it's always looked it may not be the same as it's always been but life goes on and you're like people will find a way to keep on living their lives basketball school like you'll find a way to get it done you've seen the the turn to online school for some schools it's completely online some schools like carol it's a little half and half um but yeah i just like that's the main thing in my mind is that life goes on and everyone's going to find a way to keep keep on keeping on as they'd say right yeah that's true even though a lot of things shut down a lot of things stopped like our lives necessarily didn't and we still had to make the best of the situation that we could have yep awesome well justin i know you had talked about this beforehand um there's a segment about uh me here that you'd like to talk (laughs) about correct yep so uh i know i've heard from some other athletes at carol as well that uh 
if we're going to interview a bunch of athletes on campus, we got to know who's doing the interviewing. So we're going to ask you some questions today. All right. I'm here for it. So first, I guess a little bit of background about you. Um, so like, where are you from? What high school did you go to? And uh, what was your college experience like? Yeah. So I'm originally from the Northwoods of Wisconsin. Uh, if anybody's familiar with it, it's a small town called Crandon. Crandon is about a half hour east of the Rylander area, for those that are familiar with it, or just about an hour south of Minocqua. I know a lot of people go up there to vacation and stuff. Um, high school, um, there's just one small high school. It was K through 12, so I was in the same building for 13 years. Um, and my high school graduating class was only 47. My high school total was about 250 students. So. I knew everybody, when I was a freshman, I knew everybody older than me. And when I was senior, I knew everybody younger than me too. Um, just by playing sports, I played three sports at high school too. That's kind of what you did in a small high school is you played sports or you got in trouble on the weekends. So <laughs> I, I played sports. Um, after four years of there, I went to UW-Whitewater um, for my undergrad. I spent four years there, some of the best four years ever. Um, I majored in marketing and graduated in May of 19, so not too long ago. And while I was there, I joined, um, I took on a couple different roles. I was a peer mentor for a while. I helped freshmen. Um, I did some other organization stuff. And I finally joined this big marketing club on campus called the American Marketing Association. And that did leaps and bounds for me of meeting people and growing and learning to get outside of my comfort zone. And I wouldn't be in my position today without an organization like that. So if anybody's listening and is new to school and wants to you know, try to get out of their comfort zone, join a club and find some people with a similar interest, maybe major or you know, sport interest as you, and get to know those people and get out of your comfort zone that way. It'll be the best decision you ever make. So that's a... Uh... That's a cool thing to hear. Um, kind of just to plug Carol, I know we have a ton of different on-campus programs, mm -hmm. on-campus activities, clubs, you name it. So, And I know that um, I just had a marketing class actually for the MBA program here. I'm also a grad student. Um, and we, I just talked with the marketing professor and they're looking to actually start an American Marketing Association with the, up, with the upbringing of our new business school. So if anybody's a business major, marketing, AMA will take you and you will have a blast with those people of their similar mindset. Wow, that's cool to hear. I'm also a marketing major, so maybe I have to look into that. Yeah. So uh, next question I have here is, do you have any pets that we should know about? I don't, know. I had a couple dogs growing up um, and currently right now, no pets, but I had a... Uh, Husky growing up, that was our first dog, and then a yellow lab um, for most of my um, teen life. Cool. Um, what do you enjoy most about being the Carroll Sports Information Director? Oh, um, I definitely think it's the athletes and interacting with you all and mm -hmm. trying my hardest to make you all feel like your division one athletes and professional athletes when it comes to interviewing you all after games, um, you know, get working on projects with you, doing stuff like this and interviews and podcasts. Um, 
and even updating stats and website stuff, the media day stuff, anything to make you guys feel like to take away from your college experience that I had a great time with the athletic department. That's one of the things that I enjoy the most about being being here and being the SID. That's just so cool to hear. I uh, I completely commend you because, like you said, we we do feel that it's greater than a D than your typical D three experience doing stuff like this and the photo shoot that you recently did with the teams. We all we all really appreciate it. Um, so there was a on your podcast with Coach Derek. It was brought up that some of the students like to prank Coach Derek. Are there any other? Uh, van mail pranks that go on maybe between the coaches or anything that you know about so actually someone pranked me not too long ago it was last year um eric and we talked about her last week episode erica beckman from the women's lacrosse team um i used to work down in the bubble down in the athletic department kind of by the admin offices and i was sitting at the desk and one day i walked over to the desk and sat down in the chair and Erica was hiding underneath the desk and scared the scared the crap out of me. It was <laughs> she not now she says, I'm gonna do it again. I'm gonna do it again. But now she's done that. And uh athletic director Mike Shulis, he likes to he likes to try to pull some pranks. He's given me some some prank calls sometimes from different phones that I from numbers I don't recognize and and he'll get me, but I'm I'm being more cautious and weary of him now. <laughs> That's funny. Dang, I didn't know Shulist was a prankster like that. That's that's good information there. Shulist is a prankster. You gotta if you if you try to joke around with him and if you try to give get the upper hand on him, he's gonna make sure he comes right back and and gives it right back to you. That's funny. That's good stuff. Um, so kind of going back in your your position as sports information director, what is the the most difficult part of your job? Um, difficult part. I would say um, that's a good question. Difficult part, I think, and what this a lot of people will say would be just like crisis communications. Um, it's something that I'm trying to get better at because I was, like you said, I was a marketing major. And so I didn't have a, this job is very, um, a lot of people who come into this industry are um, PR majors or journalism majors or communications majors. Marketing helps. Um, so one thing I've tried to learn about better is communicating and crisis and writing communication. So when we had to shut down with COVID and um, we halted all of our sports and we all had to send everybody back home, that was a really hard time for me because I didn't know the best way to send out this information. I didn't have anything prepared. I don't think anybody had anything prepared, really. And like it was uh it was tough for me to to figure out like the direction we needed to take our messaging and how we wanted to come across because there were we knew that there were going to be some really unhappy people and some really disappointed people and so trying to figure that all out was was tough right away but i'm i'm doing better i'm connecting with more pr professionals especially here on the campus-wide marketing team and communications team um to learn a little bit more from them so Cool. Yeah, I'm pretty sure everyone felt the blindsided feeling once uh, once we heard that school was shut down. So, yeah, I, re- I remember I was actually in Florida with the softball team when I uh, it was in the middle of a game and I was I think I was statting a game 
and I looked at my phone and the NCAA had announced that they canceled spring championships and foot winter and spring championships because basketball was going on. And uh, and our coaches were in the middle of a game. It was a beautiful night. And I sat there and I'm like, this is the last game I'm going to watch for a while. And uh, it was tough, but um, and yeah, I mean, it was just a, it was a weird time for everybody. The weirdest 48 hours in anybody in the sport industry's career, easily. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Um, so the last personal question I have is, what advice would you give someone trying to pursue a career path like yours? Definitely look out and volunteer your time. Try to reach out to as many people as you can and network. Um, I was fortunate enough, so when I got to college, I should have talked about this too, but from I th- it was easily my first week on campus, I started working at Whitewater's um, communications department in athletics. Um, I had sent an email. I had talked to an alumni from Whitewater who actually started teaching at my high school. So that's how I got to know about the school and know about the program. She said, yeah, I used to work for our sports information department. It sounded really interesting to me at the time. So I sent an email and they said, yeah, you can We'll put you on the schedule for the first week of school. And all I did, I started just by filming soccer games, home soccer matches and filming highlight clips for football games. Um, that's how it started. And I just continued to show up, continue to work my tail off. I eventually started statting. And statting led to office hours where I was working with photos and media guides all the way up to um, basically being the main contact at Whitewater for our baseball teams. Um, we we hosted conference every year at Whitewater. And so, like, I was the, just about the main contact at Whitewater for our baseball team at the end of the year. I was the only one there at the games taking stats and talking with media. So, um work your tail off and volunteer your time. It's as a student, you might not get paid the most, but you're going to get a great experience out of it and a fantastic resume builder. Cool. I, uh, that brings me just when you talk about statting and you've mentioned there's multiple different sports you've been statting, that leads me to the question, which sport is the hardest to take stats of? That is a great question. Um, in my personal experience, the hardest is football because there's so many intricacies with the game. Um, there's a couple different programs out there, and we're making the shift across the board to new programs. But football is the one that everybody is, as we shift to these new programs um, on the computers, people are like keeping an eye out for football because if that thing crashes or does something bad on game day, everything falls apart um another hard one that i never had to do really was volleyball volleyball is super quick because you got to call it every time someone touches the ball that's a call and that's an entry in the keyboard so um those are hard but once you get to know them you're pretty well wanted in the industry and you can even pick up money on the weekends by filling in for somebody at a different school if they're sick or something or can't make it so it's good to it's good to be it's good to have a wide array of stat knowledge and knowledge about sports. Oh, lacrosse too. Lacrosse is stupid hard. But <laughs> I, I before I came here, I never knew anything about lacrosse, and so I'm still like learning more about women's lacrosse and men's lacrosse. But 
that is a that's a hard support to stat for too. Cool. That's uh that's interesting to hear, especially about the volleyball. I didn't know every single time someone touched it that'd be that'd be recorded. Yep. So we you record the serve, set, uh, or serve, dig, set, spike, um, and then as it goes over, you do the same thing back and forth until there's an error or a kill or something like that or a penalty. Yeah. Wow. All right, so the next batch of questions are kind of quicker, just kind of meant to be lighthearted and fun that we can both answer. But uh, first, it's a little more personal towards you, too. Uh, which sports teams do you root for? I am a big Green Bay Packers fan. I'm a huge Packers fan, even though they have hurt me tremendously in the past. Um, I still keep crawling back to the Packers. When they cut Kumaro this summer, I thought I was done. I thought I was getting ready to throw everything out. But here I am, as they're 4-0 on the season, cheering them on, and I can't be happier any other Sunday. Um, big Brewers fan growing up. I started to follow the Dodgers a little bit more. I was a big fan of Yasiel Puig when he first came onto the scene, and I've kind of stuck around and followed the Dodgers and Kershaw and Justin Turner a lot. Um, I didn't get into basketball until I was in college, and so... and ironically is when the Bucks started to get good too. So big Bucks fan, big LeBron, even bigger LeBron fan. So I was really happy watching him win the finals lately. Um, that's about it. Baseball, baseball, basketball, football are kind of the main sports I, that I follow. What about you? Um, I'd agree. I'm a Wisconsin kid. So Packers, Bucks, Brewers, I'm uh, not as big of a Brewers fan. I just don't tend to follow baseball as much, but, uh, the reason I bring this up is in my experience on my basketball, on the basketball team at Carroll, so my sport, I am the odd man out when it comes to which teams I like. There's a lot of kids on our team from Illinois, even other states, and it's for whatever reason, it's not popular to be a Packers and Bucks fan. It and is, I get hate for it. It's not. It's It really is not. I mean, I when I, when I was growing up, everybody was a Packers fan. Um, when they had Monday night games, like the whole school was green and our yes. colors are red. Um, and when I got down to college at Whitewater, which also has a very big Illinois population, I was like, like I was meeting people and I was like, oh, you know, talking about sports and I really like these guys. And then I'm like, oh, I'm a Bears fan. And I'm like, oh, great. <laughs> but I mean, like the, you know, the clashing that went on at, at schools that are close down to the border here, not too far from Illinois is. Something I was not prepared for, but I've I've grown accustomed to it and people's viewpoints about different teams. Yeah, it's funny how it how it goes down at Carroll. Um, if you could pick three other people at Carroll University to play a round of golf with, who would you pick and why? Um, it's a good it's a good question because I actually did pick up golf a lot this summer. Um. I would say Mike Shoeless. I like going out with Mike. Um, Derek Marie, because he's just the funniest person of all time. And um, does it have to be staff or can Well, I would say the third person um, would probably be my roommate, Meshack, because I want to see him swing a club. Because he <laughs> says he's only ever swung a club once, and I think it would be fun to, to watch him play a round of golf and see how he does. <laughs> That's funny. 
Yeah. Uh, if I had to pick three, I would take Terrence Jr., um, the men's basketball team. Gio, um, he's a junior on the men's basketball team. Um, we actually went to the driving range um, over by Woodman's. Oh, yeah. It was, kind of, it was kind of funny. I don't think Gio swung a club before either. So it was fun to golf with them. And then lastly, I'd probably take, I don't know. Kujawa seems like a really interesting guy just to talk about any sports with. He's a ton of energy, so he'd probably yeah. be our fourth. Kujawa would be the most energy. If I had to, if we had to pick a fifth, I would take Kujawa out too. But yeah, he's a lot of energy in that guy. Yeah, no kidding. Um, okay, moving on here. If you could put a billboard up on I-94, what would it say and why? I saw this question and I was like, I have no clue what I'm going to say to it. Um, that's a, I'm going to have you answer that one first. <laughs> sure. Um, mine would be short and sweet. It would be move on. I move think on. there's a lot of times where people can get kind of stuck in a mindset of maybe not an, not always negative, but stuck in their ways. And uh, I think it's a good message to spread that move on like next play type of thing. Okay. So more motivational, more inspirational. Yes. Hit billboard. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Well, I would probably say, um, dang, I cannot think of that. I would probably say something along the lines of, um, you know, never give up because, like, things are hard now, but doesn't mean that they won't be hard in a few weeks or, um, you know, down the road. So, and, you know, keeping your foot on the gas. I, think I like it. that. That's good. I like that a lot. There's a, there's a lot of negativity that you see, whether it's TV, media, whatever. I just more positivity would be good for everyone, I think. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, this is kind of a weird one too, but I have a I like my answer to this. But if you could make any small animal the size of a cow, what would it be and why? I saw this too and I thought, you know what it reminded me of? It reminded me of the would you rather fight um one horse sized or would you rather fight a a hundred um duck-sized horses or one horse-sized duck and i would have to say i would probably like to see a a a duck the size of a cow yes i I like ducks i i think that would be really funny to see that is literally the answer i had i think it would be so funny to see a horse-sized duck a horse-sized duck like just walking down the street that'd be so funny that would yeah i don't know if i would they sometimes ducks can be like oh you can walk up to them and maybe give them a little a pet but other times ducks are the most intimidating things on this planet they will especially geese geese instead of yeah no geeses can be the size of ducks and they can be smaller but i think ducks are okay being bigger yeah um what is the most embarrassing clothing item you've ever worn uh you can go back and look at my closet from eighth grade and pull out a <laughs> bunch of different outfits but i remember as a kid uh, I, I slapped myself today because I used to wear these button-up arrow shirts and I had different like um, types of cargo shorts and so I had a, like a long sleeve arrow short shirt that I would it was a button-up and I would roll up the sleeves and wear cargo shorts with it but it would be a striped shirt and plaid shorts and I don't know why my parents let me walk out of the house looking like that and I was like 
I was like 14 years old. So like you, I had to have known better, but I didn't. Like I didn't learn how to match clothing until like two years ago. So ah, it's okay. You've learned. Everyone has to go through that little phase where you kind of regret that uh that style that you had. It is. Um, I, I feel like I see a lot of people on online now, and as I get older, there's a lot more younger people online, and like everybody online like like dresses okay as a young person and I'm like how come they didn't have to go through that weird phase where everything we wore was weird and like full of Hollister clothing and Aeropostale yeah I I agree with that statement there's it's it's mu- very much so a different world for younger people these days yeah um if I had to answer that I wore a pretty bad like Halloween costume to like the Halloween football game my senior year um, cause I didn't play, I played football up until my senior year. It was, uh, it was pretty bad. You know, like the blue man group, like they wear those like skin tight things, like yeah. full body suits. I wore one that was red with like a really weird Cape. It was just all, all time bad. So yeah, I, uh, I wish those would be deleted from history, but anyway, moving on. If real life was a video game and cheat codes were in this video game, what would be some cheat codes that you'd like to use? I would like to use the cheat codes on how to work without sleep <laughs> and how to like not need eight hours of sleep because my mind like never shuts off. And so like I, it's it's like 1230 and I'm like, I probably should go to bed. I got to wake up at like seven. But nope, it's I stay up for like another hour. So um, I would probably try not to sleep. Flying would be really cool. Um, and uh, I don't know, maybe redos. Like if I had like a restart button, like the past 50, like that Rick and Morty sketch where they had their redo <laughs> button, like something like that. Yes. Like I, I love would, Rick and Morty. I remember exactly what you're talking about. Yep. The Vata Acid episode. Yeah. That would yep. be, that would be clutch, a redo button. One, one of the things that I was thinking of was like teleportation. I hate sitting in traffic and I hate like the monotony of having to drive places. So I think teleporting would be really great because it also saved time. Yeah. And then like one different one would be, or I should say another different one. It would be to like never be able to feel pain. Like if that was just a race, like no one has back pain when you wake up anymore. No one has knee pain. Like I think that would just be really cool to have too. Yeah. Or like if you like, like slam your fingers on a door or something. And then uh, I guess the last one I'll ask here is what is your biggest kitchen fail? Biggest kitchen fail. Um, I, I can share mine if you want just to get the ball yeah. rolling. I don't remember exactly how old I was, but I was trying to get the chocolate milk out of the back of the fridge at my parents' house. And whilst pulling it forward, I hit the full gallon of 2% milk. And it fell onto the floor, and every single drop of that gallon of milk was on the floor in my kitchen. That was not a good Saturday at the Goober house. No, guarantee it wasn't. Oh, man. Um, you know what? I have this this weird memory where I feel like I tried mixing something together to make it taste good, and it like people called like i told people like yeah i tried doing this and they're like what what were you doing i can't remember what it was but it was like um it's gonna come to me in like the middle of the night now and i'll remember but (laughs) i 
yeah, I think I was like, oh, I'm out of this, so I'm going to try this as a substitute. And I was like, dead wrong. Like, don't do not do that. Oh, what was it? I've heard people try substituting, like, water for milk and cereal, if that helps. I don't think it was that. I think okay. it was something like, yeah, but I'm sure I've done stuff like that before. Just like, huh. Yeah, I wish I, were, I wish I remembered that, but I think I remember doing something like that, and people are like, "What? Like nobody nobody does that. That's that's weird. Don't do that." <laughs> no. Hey, you got to get creative sometimes, but sometimes it doesn't work. <laughs> oh, here's here's something, and I'm sure people are listening are gonna be mad at me. Sometimes, so I have like um, like a bowl of cereal and a bagel with peanut butter, and sometimes like the bagels are really dry, and so I will just you know, dip it in my cereal milk a little bit and people look at me kind of, kind of weird. And I'm like, it's dry. It's too dry to eat right now. So, I don't think that's that weird. No, but I, I've, I've gotten some, I remember getting some dirty looks for it. Yeah. I, I'm not a big milk in my cereal guy. I like it on the side and I've taken a lot of flack for that before. Really? So, yeah. Okay. I don't know. I just, I don't like soggy cereal at all. I'd rather just drink them up on the side. So. All right. All right. So the last idea I had, it was kind of um, brought to my attention through the JJ Reddick podcast, but it's a draft. Yeah. So we each have to draft five fast food restaurants, preferably ones that are close to Carol, just in case people are looking for new places to go. Yeah. Um, so then we just go every other, and then we'll see who has the better team of fast food restaurants at the end. So you, you can start if you'd like. Okay. Um, my top five. I'm going to go with... It's every uh, other, remember. So you get one, then oh, I get one. Okay. All right. Well, I'm first off, I'm pulling Qdoba. Qdoba is number one all time, and I see it right here on on this list and i'm like yeah obviously that should be a little higher but qdoba number one that hurts that hurts because i i wanted that too okay well my first choice will be chick-fil-a that's a good one too that i'm i i almost put that one off but chick-fil-a is good it's just a little far that's a little i don't i don't always feel like driving to pewaukee to go get it. yeah it is it is far from carol i would agree all right Next best fast food. Um, huh. Speaking of Chick Fil A, would Popeyes? Popeyes is in Tosa, the nearest one. Does that qualify or no? Yeah, that qualifies. That's close enough. All right, I'm gonna go with Popeyes. Okay. That's not one I would have thought of. That's a that's a good pick. That's that chicken sandwich is a little bit better than Chick Fil A, I think. Yeah, I think. I think Chick-fil-A's chicken sandwich is a little, too, like, it's a little small. It is. I feel myself wanting more after eating that. Yep. Um, my second pick would be Culver's. I, uh, I'm i sorry. I feel bad because I really like Murph's, but Culver's just has it for me. So I, I, I saw you I saw you list Murph's on here. I'm like, really? Like, I, I had Murph's once, and it was, it was, uh, I don't know. Yeah. I guess it's kind of a fun fact about me. One of my one of my high school teammates and friends, um, his dad actually owns Murphs, so that's oh. why I, that's why I have a soft spot for Murphs in my heart. Yeah. So, yeah, cool. All right, 
Third. Um, I'm trying to think of some non-traditional stuff. Um, fast food. I would say my next three would be, um, I just had it on my mind and now I can't remember it. Um, this sucks. I literally just had it, like I was about to say it and now it's gone. What kind of food was it? Um, I don't remember. Oh my God. Fast food. Oh, mod pizza. Okay. Mod pizza. Um, I, I tried that, I think, last summer. And oh my God, that that stuff hits different. It's good. Okay. I've personally never had it, so I guess I'll have to try it after after this glowing review you've given you, it. You, gotta, you can do like different types of pizza and like you can make whatever you want. And it's so good. Cool. Uh, my third would be Jersey Mike's. That is our go-to if we're going to get subs before a game. I I don't know. I think they're hands down the best sub in town. So I, Mike's. I almost 100% agree with you. And I'll get to that with my next pick being Subway. I love Subway. But there's days where I'm like, you know what? Jersey Mike sounds a lot better because of the the quality but subway will never never leave me so because i can i always get like you can always get it hot so yeah do you get the same thing from subway every time do you switch it up so i used to i used to they they had this uh deal where it was like a chicken parmesan sandwich so it's literally just chicken breast take a get a meatball sub but take out the meatballs and replace Mm -hmm. it with chicken breast yes and get it like italian herbs and cheese and oregano and toast it so good that does sound very good it is um but then i started i i like club sandwiches you know like ham roll beef turkey throw that all on there gotcha been getting that a lot cool was that that was your fourth right yes okay so my fourth is gonna be wendy's and they would not have made my list if i didn't see this commercial recently they now have breakfast so Yes, they have oh. like breakfast sandwiches. So yeah, I think that I think that ups their value a lot. It does actually, yeah. because I I had a bad experience at McDonald's recently, as you, <laughs> and I don't think I'm ever gonna go back. I'm sure I will at some point, but I I want to stay away from a while. I know uh I know that McDonald's could be a little bit of a story, but if you want to tell the viewers just briefly what happened. Basically, I was overcharged for my seven dollar meal by $25 at the drive-thru one morning. It started out as a great morning, and then I got two billing statements on my debit card for $25 and $7, and I was not happy. So thankfully, I think I got it back. I'll have to check my billing statement again, but I I think they refunded me. So Yeah, that that is all time right there. I've never heard of something like that before you told me that. So your fifth, what is your fifth? My fifth and final, got to go with Taco Bell, man. I I will pound some Taco Bell. <laughs> That's always a always a solid option. My last one is going to be noodles. It uh it wasn't ever a favorite of mine until like the past couple years. I don't know what it is. Yeah. It's just very if I'm looking for a place where I know I'll be full after eating, I go to noodles. I just get plenty of food every time. 
yep. for a reasonable price too. So, yep. I I went to I didn't go to a noodles until I was in college because we didn't have any up north and yeah, it it changed the game. Cool. Well, uh, I don't know if we're actually going to do the Twitter poll or not, but I'd be interested to see who who has the more popular list. Who, who thinks, yeah, who's got the better list? I'll do that. We'll put up a little Twitter poll. Probably this will, this episode will come out, today's Thursday. Uh, it'll come out on Friday. And then on Monday, whenever when I reshare stuff on Monday, I'll put out a Twitter poll. And uh, we'll see. So those who are listening, go to our Twitter poll at uh, CU and Van Mail's Twitter account. And uh, vote who has the better, who's got the better draft of fast food choices. Um, listen back and make sure you put your vote out there and, and retweet to spread awareness. So that'll be fun. That was a that was a fun little challenge. I like that. Thank you, Justin. Yeah, I enjoyed it too. So I guess is there anything else you'd like to say or before uh, before we finish up here? Uh, I think if I came on this podcast and I didn't mention. Steve Staub and the athletic training staff, I would be remiss. I think just me personally, I went through a pretty tough injury my sophomore year and they helped me immensely. They pushed me to be back on the floor the following year. And uh, I give them all the credit in the world for that. And uh, I just want to show them my appreciation. I uh, can't thank them enough for the way that they've helped me through that injury. And I know there's a lot of other athletes that feel the same way. So I would like to reiterate that a thousand percent. Steve has been a savior for this university, not even just athletics, but for this university uh, during this COVID-19 pandemic. Steve has laid out a terrific plan for distancing, for testing, for practicing to make sure that you all can still have an enjoyable experience here uh, this fall semester while still maintaining to be safe. And we've done, compared to other schools in the country and even in Wisconsin, we've done a phenomenal job. And I I don't think anybody in this department can thank Steve or his staff enough after this year. Um, so Steve, if you're listening, thank you once again for everything you do for us uh, and everything you will continue to do for us. So that'll wrap it up. Uh, thank you all. Thank you, Justin, again for coming on today. We really appreciate it. I love the new segment. Uh, I'm going to have to steal some of these questions for, for future guests coming up. Sounds good. Eh? Thanks for having me on. Really appreciate it. Absolutely. Go Pios. Go Pios.